Hi, Hannah. How's it going? <laughs> it's okay. How are you? Yeah, not bad. This feels weird being on the other side. Yeah. <laughs> Mizelle Beauty Co. creates fuss-free products that work on every skin type using the finest quality, naturally derived ingredients, such as wild plum or bilberry seed oil. Like us, they share a passion for the transformative power of nature and they encourage their employees and customers to get outside to experience it as much as possible. There is a reason their mantra is naturally active. Well, I was thinking we have all these amazing guests on here, but our listeners might not know that much about Gojantly. Uh, they might not know that much about us or about you or how Gojantly started. So I thought it'd be interesting um, for you to speak a little bit about where you got the idea for Gojantly and how, how it started. Okay, that sounds fun. I'll give it a go. So Go Jauntly was really born out of a frustration of not being able to find good places to go for a walk. And you know me, I work a lot and I'm chained to my desk a lot. And, you know, like we're nine to five, right? Pretty much. And so I really wanted to try and make the most of my weekends. And and Steve, uh, my business partner, he's also really, really into uh, walking and getting out and about. And he's you know, made a couple of other prototypes before. And we were just like talking and researching and realized that actually there's a gap in the market for something like Go Jauntly, something like right. the everyday person yeah. could use. Um, you know, it's hyper-local. The idea is that wherever you are, you can open up the app and there'd be walks nearby that you could go and check out. And you can use it just for inspiration or you could, um, you know, use it to follow a trail. Yeah. And I think what sort of struck me as being a really good idea when I first heard about it from you was that, you know, both you and Steve had, had have and had at the time young kids, young yeah. families. And when you were looking at places to walk, you were thinking to yourselves, I don't know if there's a public toilet there. Yeah. I don't know if uh, it's stroller friendly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't have kids, but I have to pee almost constantly. <laughs> Don't know if that's uh, appropriate for this, but I do. And and, and sometimes I think about that when I'm looking at a walk and I'm like, mm-hmm. I'd like to know if there's a public toilet yeah. in that park. I'd like to know if there's a cafe for refreshments. Um, so I find that feature alone really cool that I'm looking at these walking routes and I can see easily whether or not there's um, all these different facilities and what the amount of time is and all the different tags that yeah. we use in the app. I think it's really important because there are so many barriers to walking, as you know, you know, just around safety or like whether there's rest stops, like whether there's public transport nearby. And we really wanted to just try and break down those barriers to walking. And for me, like you, terribly weak bladder. Um, <laughs> <laughs> definitely Such TMI. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and I want to know. Like, I want to know if there's yeah. going to be a toilet there. And it'll be the first thing. Like, I remember when you and I went on that walk with those amazing guys from Tranquil City, London. You were like, there's no toilets on this route. And I was, like, I was worried for everyone, <laughs> although no one cared except but, for me. Yeah, no one cared. Well, you and me. Yeah. And in the end, there was toilets on the route. And, you know, we updated the walk on the app, which is another great thing, is that if we do find out this extra information, we can just update it really easily. And there, boom, you can go, for the, go to the loop. That's true. What was the process like? So it was before before my time, but when you first started the app and were trying to build up the content, that must have been a real challenge because it was just sort of the team trying to put all these incredible walks into the app. Yeah, that's such a good question. I think one of the things that maybe both Steve and I didn't realize at the time is that we were 
making an app that required unique content. I think from the things that we saw out and about and the things we'd worked on before, like people were using like open data or um, information around like what's nearby, but that doesn't necessarily create or curate a nice experience. And as we were kind of working on it and the, and the ideas were developing, we started to go down this sort of like really like photogenic route where mm. you could use photos to help you navigate and that it would flip to map view with the idea that you could look up and look out so you wouldn't always have to have like your phone out and be navigating with your phone right. and like be really annoying on the street, like bumping into people. By it being this visual experience, it meant that actually we needed a lot of user-generated content and for an app to have a nice experience at the start we needed to go out and make walks so we actually ended up giving away micro equity in the business okay. um, to some of the team members so that they would um, gratefully <laughs> hopefully gratefully like uh, with pleasure go and do like walks around London so we had like at least like a, a base plate of, of walks and um and we started with a pilot in London. I mean, that's why, you know, people always ask me, oh, why have you got so many walks in London? And and the reason is, is because we live in London and, like, we piloted sure, in London. that's where you started. And, yeah. yeah. But the idea is for it to be, you know, go global, so to speak. Like, it would be amazing. Like, our dream is to have wherever you are in the city, world or in whichever city you're in, you could load up the app and it would show, you know, like, tried and tested local routes nearby and you could enjoy them and you know just because of the health and wellness benefits of walking the fact that it's good for you it's good for the environment you connect with nature you find new things and so yeah we're just that's our mission um and i really really hope we can get there because we've got walks all over at the moment we've got a ton in los angeles there are some amazing hikes over there and a whole bunch in Sri Lanka, like two of our team members have been to Sri, La yeah. <laughs> been to Sri Lanka. Strangely popular spot in the app. Yeah, it is really popular. But there's walks in Amsterdam, Australia, in Sydney, you know, everywhere now. And yeah. it's growing. Um, we could do more, obviously. Sure. It's growing. I mean, it's a big world. It's a big <laughs> there's world. There's a lot of yeah. area to cover. But I love that idea. And, and, and we've talked about it before, the sort of challenge um, – when you're traveling and looking for walks is that there are there is a ton of content out there and there are apps you know cities make their own apps um, highlighting the walks that are available in that particular city but you can't download a different app for every place you go it, it's it doesn't really make sense in the long run and it, and it would be so great uh, to have one place and sort of one app where no matter where you are you yeah. can find the walks that's the dream and I agree like there's no point well, I feel like there's little point having like loads and loads of apps because I think I read some stats somewhere that, you know, like you, you might have like 10, 15 apps on your phone, but you might only use like four or five of them. And, and there's nothing worse, I think. And then people are also really conscious of like like data and space right. on that app. So hopefully we'll get there one day, but it'll be really amazing to have that. Yeah. Uh, so I've only sort of known you and, and known Go Jauntly for for about a year now, but it seems like it's been a really exciting time. I know that uh, there was a lot of excitement around the Civic Innovation Challenge in the autumn and with the Innovate UK funding, and it just seems like it's the perfect time. Like uh, in our chat with uh, Will Norman that we had, it does seem like sort of a zeitgeist now with a lot more attention on walking and active travel and sustainability and 
Gojantly fits right into all of those things. So what are some of the things this year that have been really exciting for you for Gojantly and sort of getting in on, on that movement? In the crazy startup world as well. Sure. Yeah, um, it has been amazing. Um, I can't believe it's been a year already that, y- that you've been with us. Thank God. Thank <laughs> God you're here. Um, but yeah, uh, it's just been such a whirlwind. I think for Steve and I, because it was a a spin out essentially from our design consultancy that just provided like loads and loads of challenges um but this year what's been really exciting is that we've been able to or at least I've been able to like focus like more of my time sure. on it and helping it grow we've had some amazing partnerships that I'm so proud of like working with James Wong and Liz Earl to bring new walks to the app that's exactly what the platform is made for it's made for working with partners partners to bring content to people that they can then enjoy and connect with nature and be more active. Um, So I'm really, really proud of that. I'm really pleased that we managed to get this podcast off the ground. Um, It's been something we've been thinking about for a long, long time, and it is really difficult to do. We're a very small team and, um, you know, we're we're kind of self-funded. You know, we've won a little bit of grant funding, like you mentioned, from Civic Innovation Challenge and um, from Innovate UK. But the rest of it has been like blood, sweat and tears. Bootstrap. Yeah, totally bootstrapped. Um, So that's really exciting. And then we've got a couple of other partnerships lined up. Um, I can't really share too much about that yet. But I mean, if it all comes off, I think it will really help um, get some more walks onto the app that outside of the city. I mean, we've got lots of walks all over Sheffield, Manchester, Edinburgh, but there's so much more of the of the world and the UK to discover. I know there's so many amazing places around the UK. That's something that I've been trying to do more of personally is just explore the UK. And I know you have as well And with our concerns about not flying as much um, and carbon emissions and sort of the impact on the climate and just staying more local. But there are just so many cool places Mm. in England and in Scotland and in Wales to explore. I know um, one thing I wanted to talk to you about was Brecon Beacons because yeah. now that you've gone, yeah. I've got total like wanderlust and I really want to go now. It was an amazing weekend. I was there in uh, Feb- late February, in March, March uh, towards yeah. the end of March. And I wasn't expecting the weather to be particularly nice and just lucked out and got there sort of in the early evening on a Friday which is this perfect warm almost t-shirt weather and went straight into a hike um up to the top of Pen Ifan. Yeah. And it was just this amazing beautiful vista as the sun was setting and I was out there in a t-shirt and that's but- the crazy climate but also good in terms of... <laughs> sure, yeah. Good for your tan, I <laughs> yeah, suppose. good for your... Oh, God. Um, good for packing light, shall yes, we say. Yes, Yeah, uh, no, it looked epic. And then... It's this beautiful sort of combination of these mountain vistas and then these lakes and streams and then really cool towns um, like... Hay, which instantly became one of my favorite towns. You fell in love with Hay. Yeah, well, I love books, and I love bookstores, (laughs) and I spend a lot of time in bookstores, and there's over 20 to choose from in this one tiny town. So it's pretty wild. Yeah. I really want to go now. And then I also want to go to Pembrokeshire as well. We had Mm. an amazing um, person in the community who created 
loads of walks in and around Pembrokeshire. And the beaches just look incredible. So I feel like, you know, doing maybe doing Brecon Beacons first and then yeah. going over to Pembrokeshire would be like a really epic holiday. But you're right, there's so many places to go to. Um, I want to do, I want to go back to Dorset again. I want to go back to Scotland again. <laughs> it's too much to do. We just got to take long weekends every weekend yeah, and go yeah. to all these places. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was looking at doing the sleeper train down to Cornwall because that looks really cool. And uh, I don't have a car, and I probably will end up renting one once I'm down there. But I think it would be super cool to take the sleeper train and wake up in, in Penzance and yeah. explore around there. So you're going to go right to the end? Oh, yeah. you got to go to the end of the line. <laughs> yeah, the other thing I thought which I think is becoming more popular now, is that whole concept of interrailing. Did you ever go interrailing? Uh, no, I didn't. I didn't never really did like the full pass. I've done yeah. some individual train journeys around Oh, yeah, because you Europe. were traveling around the world. You yeah. didn't get interrailing pass then. No, never did the pass. We, we, we sort of were staying relatively um, stat. Like we stayed in one place for quite a long time, sort of a month at a time. Oh, okay. So we weren't doing, you know, a city every couple days. Yeah. Um, but... The NRL pass does look great, especially for students. I know they have awesome deals, deals for students on those passes where you can get sort of unlimited travel within a time period, two weeks or a month. Or it's a great way to see Europe, I would imagine. Mm. So I know that in the process of growing Go Jauntly and building Go Jauntly, it's been introducing you and Steve um, to this whole startup world and this whole tech entrepreneur world. And I know there are a lot of challenges to that on its own, but there are especially a lot of challenges to being a woman in tech and a woman entrepreneur in the startup world. And as we go to all these events and you see the ratio of sort of men to women at these events, it's just sort of startling. And what has your experience been like dealing with Gojantly and being a woman entrepreneur and business owner and going into that world? Oh, God. <laughs> How long have we got? Um yeah, it's been it's been interesting. I think because I've been in the design and tech industry for quite a while now, um, I'm kind of used to it being a very male-dominated environment. Um, that's just how it is and how it always has been, either being the only girl or one of two girls. Um, but I think I think now as we're kind of transitioning from, or at least I'm transitioning from like agency mindset to product company owner mindset I've learned so much about myself as well mm. and my ability and and also what I can't do and what I can't do well um I'm gonna go off on a tangent now so I have to bring it back to <laughs> to women in tech but um it's been interesting like there's been a few times when I found it really really frustrating um we were on an accelerator once and a lady was basically teaching us how to pitch to investors. And okay. one of the things that I got told was that I was very feminine. Uh, yeah, Kel Surprise. <laughs> <laughs> and as, as, a, as a negative, she was saying? Well, if I wanted to raise money, she was okay. implying that I had to be or have more masculine traits. Interesting. So like lower my pitch. <laughs> so, hi, I'm Hannah. That seems like bad <laughs> advice. <laughs> And Put I think, on a fake Batman And I think on voice. that day I was wearing a dress. And I think sometimes, like, I don't know if you've ever worn a dress, Shane, but... <laughs> Who's to say? <laughs> well, you might have. That's yeah, what I said. I actually uh, have. <laughs> okay, I'll ask you about that in a minute. Um, like, 
I don't know, like it's a bit swishy. And I guess like you give off like, I guess it's just more feminine, right? You look sure. like, a, like a woman. And I was quite, I think I like, at the time I was a bit like, oh, that's a bit sexist and a bit put out. And I think as I thought about it all of the time, you know, she was probably in her way giving like really good advice because it's like her job to help you pitch to investors right. and make money. So she's like, to do that. It's not her fault the world is sexist. Yeah. She's just trying to help you perhaps. Yeah. But still. But still it's really messed up. Yeah. yeah. It feels like, you know, it's going to take time. And there's a lot of, you know, general issues, um, you know, like post Me Too, post Time's Up, intersectional feminism, all of that stuff. And it all comes into play. But I think it, it is harder. And when you look at the stats, it was like, oh, I'm not, I'm probably not going to get it right. But it's, some, you know, a very small percentage of female run businesses get funded and uh, are not always taken seriously. And you hit read all these horror yeah. stories. I don't think it helps that there are so many horror stories out and about. Right. Because it makes me more nervous. Yeah, it seems at least um, from what I've seen, the, the positive side is that there are a lot more of these female-only sort of accelerators or female – these different spaces that females have created to empower and um, help and build up other female entrepreneurs that you've been – you've spoken at some of them and yeah. been involved with some of them. And it's really cool that there's more and more of those spaces yeah. popping up and it seems like a lot of them – are really helping these female-led businesses. Yeah, and I think these, they, like you, exactly like you say, like Albright, they give you an opportunity to um, basically come together and help each other out. Because yeah. like these kind of networks um, are around already for certain men. Like they talk about like, you know, Silicon Valley bros and stuff like that. Like they all exist um, and perhaps they don't exist in this world, but I think it would be really great to just get men, women, all sexes, races, you know, genders whatever like in together and like working together to try and like normalize it all because you know it's like we've got stuff we need to fix and we need all of the bright people in the room absolutely yeah uh, so i think that is probably all the time we have to, for today but i really it was great to hear more about gojantly and the beginnings of gojantly and stuff i didn't even know um, and I've worked with you for a while now. I'm very secretive, but for some reason, when I'm in this room, the secrets have spilled. Yeah, it, it is very <laughs> the headphones, and the, it's very conducive to like secrets. Yeah, but thanks for um, spending some time talking to me. Of course, thanks for talking to me. Looking forward to the rest of the uh, rest of our guests and the rest of the episodes. Yeah, we've got quite a few cool people coming up. I hope I'm just um, trying to. Um, gently persuade them to come on the show and trying to get the right time but I really would like to speak to a few more people like across the country about what they're doing to enable uh, walking and active travel and nature connection and climate action so yeah watch this space. I'm looking forward to it. Go Jauntly is an app to help you discover walks, create your own, and share outdoor adventures with friends. You can download the app over on the App Store and the Play Store. This podcast was brought to you in partnership with Liz Earl Beauty Co.